Chip Chat. So this week, Amy and I are coming to you guys talking about some applications and enrollment. So important. And so I'm excited about this, uh, this first half of the season. Uh, so now we've came all the way uh, to the end of the 2023 year. So this is the last episode for this year. I know. And everything's winding down. I know. And speaking of seasons, I think a lot of people tend to call this the holiday season. But you know me, I'm not I'm a little atypical in my thinking. And it's not the holiday season for me. Instead, what is it? The planning season. Oh, okay. This is when I like to start planning for all of my new stuff. You know, I start thinking about all of those resolutions that I may or may not stick with past (laughs) January. (laughs) But to try to get further than I have in previous years, this is where I figure out my planning for those New Year's resolutions. So what do I need for my wellness journey? What do I need for my scheduling journey? So ordering my new notebooks and pens and things like that. So this is my planning time. I also use this time of the year to help figure out like vacations because people might not know it, but we live our lives so far in advance because Mm -hmm. of all the conferences, the scramble and things like that. So I start planning for um, the time that I'm going to need to take off for my family, for my kids and stuff like that as well. Yeah, I agree with the planning. We do a lot of planning here. We've had a lot of meetings getting ready for next year. And then I plan to, um, I travel quite a bit, visit my family in Iowa. I have six nieces and nephews for those who don't know. And I like to go visit them a lot and go to their games and all that stuff. So I have to like schedule all of that out. So I would agree, Belicia. It definitely is a, it is a planning season and we're planning for scramble already. It seems crazy, but we're already deep into scramble planning, thinking of conferences like the NHSA that's coming up in April, which seems like that's next week. No, right? don't get me. <laughs> so yes, I would agree. It's holiday season, but also very much the planning, planning season. season. Yes, yep. yes. <laughs> All right. So um, speaking of planning seasons, I have had a few conversations lately that have got me a little bit excited for our clients because quite a few of them are calling because they are developing plans for application and enrollment season. Wonderful. So I think we've talked about this before and both of our agencies used to kind of treat that like an open enrollment period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I know a lot of times people hear open enrollment, they think insurance. I yeah. hear applications and long lines and documents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yes. I, I remember the time when we would be sit outside of Walmart and take applications. Yes. I remember those days. Yep. <laughs> and we didn't have the technology we do now, but the long, long lines of people coming in to fill out the application and it would be mm-hmm. an all day thing. So mm-hmm. yeah, they are getting really excited about trying to figure out how they're going to collect applications, when they're going to start collecting applications, and figuring out what resources Child Plus has to offer them. And so, um, you guys, for that reason, we're going to spend today talking about things that we can do for you when it comes to application and enrollment in Child Plus. We have so many resources. I mean, that's really the foundation of Child Plus, right? Capturing that application and all of that information that goes along with it. Exactly. And there are several different ways to collect an application in Child Plus, which um, is really nice because I think it can, there's different ways for different uh, access to equipment, different uh, methods that'll meet your parents' needs and different ways that'll help you depending on the access or time limits that your staff has. Sure, we're giving you options. A lot of options. And you don't have to just use one option. I think whenever we give options, a lot of times people just assume that you, one option has to be, what is it, mutually exclusive? Like I can only use this one method. But when it comes to all the different things we're going to talk about for 
collecting your data from your applications, you can use all of them. Now, you just want to make sure you have processes that help you (laughs) remember who did what (laughs) and so that you can monitor, but you can use all the methods at the same time. Mm -hmm. So what are our options? Um, Well, I guess we'll start off with just taking the application manually, Mm -hmm. right? With your paper application, we still have a lot of programs, I think, that do that, right? So sitting down with the parents and writing out that paper application. Yep. And so during the paper application, I know a lot of times people will do that to save time. I think Mm -hmm. when we were talking about the application process, when I was in Head Start, you're looking at a minimum of 45 minutes when that person is there with you. And so that is usually assisted with the staff member. But if you don't have a staff member available for that 45 minutes, then we relied on that paper because we wanted you to just jot down your information. We'll put it in and then we'll call you for the appointment afterwards. Yeah. And like you said, there are times when we have a lot of families that are expressing interest, especially if we have that open Mm -hmm. enrollment period. Right. So that is a little bit of a time saver. Yeah. And um, but if you are wanting to go ahead and enter the information directly into the center, then you can do interview style. Right. Mm -hmm. So still, that is using your ad family function in Child Plus desktop or online, but jump on over to online. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Then having that family member sit right there next to you while you interview them and ask Mm -hmm. them things like, you know, what is your address and what is your phone number and how many people live here and all that good stuff. And you're entering that information. It's great because then it's right inside of Child Plus already, right? right? There's no like, there's it's not a two-step process. Yeah, and then you don't have to worry if you can't read someone's writing or if you or misinterpret it. Especially mine. Yeah, I guess both. I'll write what I think are really great notes and can never remember what they were about a week or so later. It happened when I was young, I swear I had good handwriting. And now I look at my notes and I'm like, what was I... What did I even mean? I well, can't even read my own writing. It's possibly too, because you're in a rush. And so we're writing down either ideas or what somebody said in the meeting and then not oh, trying to true. miss the next statement. Thank you. Because if we take your time, <laughs> I think we all have like really good uh, you know, penmanship, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. But I know when I'm in a hurry, I'm like, that is not even a letter. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I, I don't even know what that says. Anymore. Sideways line. I don't know what that really means. <laughs> so if it was important, it'll come back to me. Right, right, right. But um, when it comes to um, not wanting to have to read somebody's writing and interpret that, like we said, interview style was pretty good. Mm -hmm. Also, if you want them to just go ahead and enter the stuff for you, use that family pre-application link. Yes. And there are so many ways to get that out to families, right? You Mm -hmm. can have the link on your website. You can send them an email. You can create QR codes. Like there's a lot of ways to get that information out to families so they can begin the application process. Right. So you're not having to ask some of the same basic questions like address and phone number and emergency Mm -hmm. contacts over and over and over again. And you guys, if you're worried about what they will put into some of these fields, you can limit them to just the very basic fields (laughs) like the ones I've just listed as an example. And then you can even provide instructions. So every section of the family pre-application module comes with the ability to include instructions before you, they will begin that section. Right. And I mean, and that's why we call it a pre-application, right? We don't expect them to be able to fill out the complete application with all of the information, right? Right. So you can kind of pick and choose what makes sense for your families to complete. Exactly. And then the staff can complete the rest with the family when you're having your eligibility interview. Exactly. 
Now, I have known an agency, and I think other people have said they've seen this too, which is really cool. I think I was doing training with someone and I was talking to the staff member about what would happen when the families come in. She was like, oh, I'm not sitting down with them right away. I'm going to sit them at that computer over there and have them access the family pre-application there. Exactly. So they essentially created a kiosk Mm -hmm. so that families can come in and enter their information directly in there, which if you were trying to keep up with interest, like you mentioned earlier, Mm -hmm. you know, how many families wanted to apply, but we couldn't reach all of them because we didn't have the time. Now, because you can start and stop Child Plus Online applications, essentially that's your interest getting right into the system because you can run reports to look for those incomplete applications. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that kiosk idea because, you know, you don't know what kind of resources people have. Right. Right. So this is the way for them to come on in and start with that pre-application, but they don't have to have their own computer or anything like that. Exactly. And so and then if they have questions, then they can ask you instead of just submitting it either with the missing information, because someone at the agency can probably answer that question. Right. Absolutely. I like that. And so it it also makes uh, the families quickly accessible for that eligibility interview. So, yeah, yeah, for sure, (laughs) because it's going to save some time. Right. They will take part of that or maybe take away some of that. 45 minutes by filling in all that information on their own. And then you can kind of wrap up that application with them when you're available. 100%. One other thing that's really great with the family pre-application is if you have any families where you have to translate for them, Oh yeah, you can do that right through Google, Google Translate in the browser. It is amazing. Yes. And so there probably is a Safari equivalent for those of you. Um, I am Android through and through, so I don't know <laughs> Safari we equivalent. Know. We know. <laughs> yes, I enjoy messing up group chats. But, All the time. <laughs> but for um, those of you that are probably, which is if you're using a desktop or a laptop, I think it's most of us are using um, Chrome. Chrome. Yeah. And so we know for sure because we've tested and played with that one quite a bit. Yes. Jeremy loves it. He loves to show it to everyone. So if you ever see Jeremy anywhere and you want to see the Google Translate feature, he will show you. It, no matter where you are, yes, just stop he it. He loves it. He loves it. Yeah, It's awesome. It is. And so, and then because it is Google, instead of the maybe two or three languages that we would probably ever be able to translate on our own, because you have to have staff for that, mm-hmm. they have hundreds of languages there. Yes. So you could, with the flip of a switch, even have that application available for that family in their home language, mm-hmm. and they can start filling out a good chunk of that information for you. Mm-hmm. Really, at that point, then all you would need to do is verify the documents for, you know, determining eligibility, right, for income and things like that. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's really awesome. And I would love to take credit, but it's all Google. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll take credit by saying, because now we're browser-based. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we're helping to... To leverage those additional resources directly like from Google. Yes, I love right. it. That's right. All righty. So we talked about all the different ways you can collect information from your families and get into the system. Either somebody entering it in from a piece of paper, uh, interview style, or having the families enter that information directly themselves. But what kind of prep work do we need to do? in order to get ready to collect applications because I can't just start taking applications for 2324 just today because I feel like it's a good idea. That's right. Yeah, there's a little bit of prep work. Um one of the first things is you'll want to go ahead and create your next program term. And I know some people get a little nervous about doing that especially if we're not in that next year yet, but it's okay. You can go ahead and create the next program term and if you don't want people to see it, you can even inactivate it. Right. You don't have to, but you can. Um, But yes, you can go ahead right now and create that next program term so you're prepared. 
Right. So that way um, you'll have that. I usually say, because I think sometimes people say, well, when do we do that? The moment you think you're ready to start collecting right. applications <laughs> for the next year. So if you don't do that, and I don't know why some people are still um, kind of doing this the long way. So you guys save yourself mm -hmm. some stress and time. If you don't set up that next program term, what you're going to have is a collection of applications for people that are only age eligible for the current term and then yeah. only age eligible for the next program term. Meaning if you know that you have some incoming three-year-olds, they're not eligible for your Head Start program yet. Mm -hmm. And you know they need to be on the 23-24 wait list, but I haven't set up 23-24 yet. That means they're going to go in the pool with everybody for this yes. year and you're going to have to go back and dig them out and fix it for the next year. Yeah. Go ahead and set up next year. Don't be scared. It's fine. <laughs> it won't hurt anything. Yeah. And like Amy said, you can even um, activate it so that or inactivate it so that it's not available until you need it. And you can always lock it so that you can prevent other people from using it if you don't want to. Definitely. And along those same lines, um, your eligibility points, right? Mm -hmm. You need to think about those. If those are going to change for next year, you've got, you want to go ahead and get those updated so you can use those with next year's applications when you start taking those. Yeah, I know some people just assume you have to update that and funding every year in Child Plus. You don't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Only when it's time to update it for your program, mm -hmm. meaning you have done your community assessment and your other evaluation and determined there's a need, then go ahead and update that. But if you're good to go, then you can just copy this year's points over to next year. It is pretty quickly, or you can set it up pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. That one's pretty easy if nothing is going to change. It's pretty easy if it is going to change. You just want to make sure and do it. Exactly. So that once you start taking applications, you will be using those the new point system. Exactly. Um, you'll also want to take this time to review your fields. Um, basically, just look at the application in Child Plus. Go through every single section, um, whether you're using desktop and Child Plus online. They're the same set of fields, just in slightly different order. But look at all of your fields to determine which fields are serving you and which fields are not. For an example, if you never, ever use alternate ID and you don't <laughs> know why is there and sometimes you get random things filled in it, <laughs> then take this opportunity to use security to say, you know what, nobody needs access to that alternate ID field. Mm -hmm. And so no access is kind of like hiding the field, right? Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what it is, right? And thinking about that, I know you had mentioned just a few minutes ago that you can customize that pre-application. Mm -hmm. I'm very excited to tell you, you, you will be able to customize it even more coming up with 6.5. I have a little sneak peek here. We have made some really exciting changes to the family pre-application. Can I like drum roll, drum roll, please <laughs> here. Um, we are adding agency specific fields as well as requiring fields to in the family pre-application. So you can say, oh, I want these specific fields to be required before the parent moves on. And like you're saying, if there's certain information that you need that you're not able to capture right now, you're going to be able to add those agency-specific fields to the family pre-application. Yes. I yes. wish we had one of those sound machines, but I'll be it. Like, <laughs> Like that. Deborah's <laughs> <laughs> got it for Deborah us. Like, production. Please stop doing like, those things stop. that you're doing right now. <laughs> oh, <you did. laughs> I love it. I love it. He's like, I will, I will put something in the post-production. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, that is 
So exciting. Super exciting. And that's coming right away. I mean, that's coming in the 6.5 update, which we'll start updating those in January. Keep updating these things that I used to want when I was in Head Start. And I just might have to leave. You guys hit me up if you can't have any of that. No, (laughs) I can't wait. I would love to use that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that is so awesome that we're going to be able to incorporate custom fields and require fields all on that family free application. And you said when? Starting in January. 6.5 is going to start rolling out in January. January, so right on time. It's right. almost like we planned it that way. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so this is perfect for the planning yeah. season. See, I'm gonna have other people saying that too. Yeah, it's not holiday season. It's the planning season, yeah, and I'm so both. excited. I mean, does it have to be one or the other? Okay, okay. don't be a screw. I am actually. <laughs> <laughs> too much money comes out this time of the year. I just want to hold true. on to all my true. penny. Okay, okay. Yeah. I understand. <laughs> So that is really cool. And um, so those agency specific fields that you guys are probably already using, because I think we see those a lot on your current application, the applications that you access through Choplets Desktop and Choplets Online, as you just heard it here first, you're going to be able to um, incorporate those fields pretty soon in your family pre-application. So um, Amy mentioned all of that because we talked about making sure you review the fields that you have and that you want and that you need Mm -hmm. for your application process. So if you're tired of seeing some of the same things and you don't ever use them, or maybe um, there are some additional fields that you need, now is the opportunity to figure out how you want to incorporate that going forward, right? Right. And it's great to know, like I said, because as you're thinking about the, if you want to start using the pre-application for next year, it's good to know that you'll have the option to add some agency specific fields because some people were not for that reason. Yeah, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, the last thing we have on our list for things that you guys want to think about for prep is, uh, this tip came from Jeremy, too bad he couldn't be here with us today, but, (laughs) um, reminder to set up poverty guidelines. Yes. And so I forget about those because I'm planning now, but those unfortunately don't come out until the end of January. And so set up some type of um, outlook or phone or some kind of reminder to remember to go back in and update those. Yeah, you'll get that email and then you can make changes as necessary. But definitely that's a good reminder from Jeremy to update those guidelines when they come in or poverty guidelines. Yeah. And then make sure you guys think of an effective date. So yeah, yeah, because what will happen is this and PMPC rollover, people Mm -hmm. get amped up and they're like, yeah, I'm getting ready to go make these big changes in the system. And then you look. And it, I, I think of it as like Mad Libs because you just fill in the the boxes yeah. with the right number. But then we're just staring at the screen because I have no idea what number to put in or what dates to put in. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and look at that area now so that you know what you need to be prepared with mm-hmm. and then figure out what's going to be the effective date for that updated poverty guidelines. Meaning is it only affecting new applications going forward? What does it mean for people on the wait list? Yeah. Yeah. And most of you already have that policy, but then it's thinking about that when we actually update child plus for some reason, it throws you off, right? You're like, oh, what am I doing? It's okay. You have a policy already. (laughs) Just use that. It's like taking an exam. And then I sit there and the screen is like, how many days do you want to do this? And I'm like, wait, wait, what? And all the numbers are just circling around in my head. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, So you, you already know how you do it. You just have to think about putting that into the computer that way. Exactly. So create a list of the things you Mm -hmm. must have. When you're walking into this process and you'll be better prepared. Yes. Okay. So we collect, we let's back up actually, because I got those out of order. So we prepped our database. Yeah. <laughs> and then we started collecting applications with kiosk and other fun ways. And so now we have all this information in here and my wait list is junky. 
Oh no. I know. Yeah. So every time I'm ready to fill a slide, I call five people. They were like, nope, we're in another childcare center already, or I'm too old for your program because I'm now in kindergarten. Right. (laughs) So So what are we going to do with those applications? Well, we need to declutter that wait list. So run reports regularly. Um, It could be really any report that Mm -hmm. you want, 2125, just to get a simple list. If you want to run 2025, which is your enrollment priority listing, because it includes some additional useful data like current age versus class age. Um, You can see the different points. You can see all kinds of things on there, but run a report (laughs) to monitor your wait list regularly. Um, And then if there are families that are still there and they maybe are within, you guys know how often you visit that list throughout the year. Mm -hmm. So maybe you know that it's highly likely that I can go through the first, you know, 10 to 20 names on this list, Mm -hmm. then go ahead and send an email to those families and ask them if they want to still be on the wait list and if they are willing to update information. So you can use live message to do that. Oh, I love that. Use live message to reach out. And then if they come back and say, oh, no, I've moved. Um, My baby is too old at this point, right? We're getting ready for kindergarten. You can go ahead and abandon those applications. We have that status for a reason. Yeah. And I know a lot of people don't really know why that status Mm -hmm. is there if they've never had training. If you had training, you know why that status is there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But if you haven't had training, you may not know that that abandoned status is there for you to abandon those applications for individuals that are no longer interested or eligible for your program. Mm-hmm. So they you reached out to them and they're like, yep, yeah, we've moved to a different city. Well, mm-hmm. okay, let me abandon that application. <laughs> right. Yeah. And don't be scared. I think feel like I said that a few times today. <laughs> don't be scared because you can always unabandon. Right. So they move back into the area. Right. I'm sorry. Your <laughs> accent. That's the only time you ever sounded Southern to me. Yeah. Unabandoned. <laughs> <laughs> Did I? After 20 years, it's starting to happen to it me. Finally kick in. <laughs> okay. So uh, don't be scared to unabandon that application because you're going to maybe that's get it right. on. <laughs> wow. That, I think that's the first time I've ever been told I have Southern accent. Maybe it's the audio in here because it sounds so much better in the studio, but I can't hear it a little better. I'm sorry. She was making a very valid point. <laughs> Yeah, you can unabandon <laughs> applications. She's right. See, you heard it right. <laughs> I did. I did. You, you say it. <laughs> there are words to this day that I don't say because uh, agency in St. Louis really they laughed me out of the building with my accent. So was one of them. I'm uh, stop it. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, let's move on. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, you guys can definitely clean up your wait list by using that abandoned status. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. But what Amy was saying is that <laughs> it's not permanent. It's not a lifelong status. Mm-hmm. So um, maybe that program that said, hey, we moved to another city and that city wasn't their favorite place. So they right. came back home and they're like, we're back and we want to get back on your wait list. Then you can um, clear out the abandoned date or you can add a new status, whatever your process is, your data entry processes say you should do. Right. And then you can um, bring that little baby back for the current wait list. Just don't forget about redetermining eligibility because I'm not saying if they leave for six months and come back that, that you don't have to do that. Exactly. I don't want anyone <laughs> reaching out to me thinking that I don't know that. Yes, I do understand if they're gone for very long, you have to redetermine that eligibility. Yeah, again, do what your process. Follow your policies and procedures. (laughs) And if you're not quite sure if your processes and procedures align with the 
I guess the functionality in Child Plus, mm-hmm. that's what we're here for. So definitely. Yeah. You yeah. can always reach out to us and we'll be more than happy to review that with you. Um, of course, if you just have a quick question, that's what support is here for. They'll mm-hmm. be more happy. And if you want more help, like some handholding with developing that processes, then reach out to university to schedule some one-on-one time. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. So the first thing we're going to do is clean up that clutter on that wait list. Um, I also want people to think about their application processes. So like if you have a phase one, phase two, a phase three, whether that phase one is just get it in here (laughs) and then we'll go back and look at it. Phase two is maybe somebody at this level reviewing it and phase three, somebody signing off saying, all right, I verify that everything is true. Right. We see that a lot. Exactly. So I think like those different multi-layered processes, right? Mm -hmm. So create statuses for each of those steps. So- Yeah. Where would I put those statuses, Valicia? Well, you're going to be able to not only add those statuses, of course, in your application, but then you can use the to-do list to stay on top of those statuses. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely take advantage. I think a lot of times people believe they're stuck with the statuses that come with the software. Mm. We give you a lot. So we love to give you guys examples to start you off with the particular Mm -hmm. thing when it comes out. So Many moons ago, you had this um, field created with a bunch of statuses. So you'll probably see statuses that make no sense for your agency and your processes. Inactivate those. Yeah, we do give you a lot to start off with, but Belicia is right. Inactivate anything that you're not using or that doesn't make sense for your procedures. Exactly. And then add the ones that you want. So again, add the ones that say, you know, phase one is needed, phase one complete, phase two is needed, phase two complete, and so forth. Mm -hmm. Because then you can create a to-do list that says how many kids have been stuck in phase two for more than 10 days. Yeah, that's awesome information to monitor, right? Because it might be something that you need to change in your process, right? Exactly. So if everybody cuts off at this one process, because maybe your application process has too many steps and too many phases, or there's some type of document or thing you're requiring that tends to, you know, cause a lot of, what do you call that, effort or work, and it's just too much of a burden for your families. And we might be blocking them with just asking for so much. We could maybe provide resources to support that, right? So it might not be, I mean, I know you need the information that you're asking for, right? But we might find that we could provide some more resources along the way to help with that. And even reaching out to a community provider. So for an example, if you're one of the states that um, has to require medical record or medical Mm -hmm. information before a child can enter the childcare setting, but you're finding that your families are having a hard time getting it between a certain window, then maybe that's another partnership that you want to work on building with some of your community providers. Definitely. Yeah, lots of options, but having that status there is really helpful. It can really give you a good picture of how how this is working for your family. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So if you've never really used it and hasn't, haven't taken advantage of it, um, like we just said, the to-do list will help you with that. Um, but you can also use Report 2002 to gauge how many of your families are in there with an application of a certain status. Mm-hmm. And then report 2025, I like to use it for so many different ways, not just selection. Yeah. But that's another report it's that you can one, filter yeah. by status to be able to say, show me information for all these people that are at this level. And you can even include contact information. So basically, you can work from the report by calling those people and reaching out to them to find out what can we do to get you to the next phase. 
That's a good point. Cause I don't think of that report all the time for like the wait list. I'm thinking of that more for like children that I'm getting ready to enroll. So that's yeah. a really good point. Yeah. yeah. Because you can pick and choose. That was one of the first reports where you can pick and choose which column oh, shows. Yeah. So I think I got I excited that. and I'm like, Ooh, how many ways can we use it? So yeah, <laughs> check out those um, two uh, monitoring, uh, I guess, partners, your to-do list. Mm-hmm. And then those reports that we just listed to kind of help you keep up with those different application statuses. All right. So now I have done all this work to clean up my wait list and we have figured out how many people are in process of coming into our program, but we don't have enough to fill all of the plant Mm -hmm. vacancies. We have so many kids transitioning out, but I don't have enough coming in. So we're going to have to develop some recruitment. Exactly. Recruitment plans. We need those plans in here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I like tracking those plans in a module in Child Plus. Oh, I love that. Yes. I mean, I mentioned before going to Walmart. That was when I worked in Head Start. That was what we did. We would go post up outside of Walmart and we would get a lot of applications that way. I remember the Walmart days. I'm lucky enough to not have gone. Instead of Walmart, we did more Kroger parking lots. Okay. Well, but, we didn't have Kroger. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> do I mean, have we did have Vee? grocery stores. Yeah. Just, <laughs> I'm in Iowa, but no, it's not that remote. Like you would have set up at Hy-Vee. Is that right? Am I pronouncing it right? Hy-Vee. Okay. Fairway. Okay. Okay. <laughs> What's the other one? Is it May, Mahir, Mier, something? What is that one? I don't know. Oh, okay. not a Midwest. I thought it was a, oh, well, I don't know. Somebody will know what I'm talking Sorry. about. Somebody does. <laughs> I don't. I know about Safeway. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Either way, it's funny because I remember packing up the boxes. Did you have mm-hmm. to take a big printer with you? We actually did not do the printer. We just did kind of like the pre-application on paper and then came back and entered it. But um, I'm laughing because this reminds me of my daughter last week. She told me that to send selfies back in the day, we had to take pictures and put it in a letter. (laughs) I see where she's going going with it. She went off. That's funny. Yeah. So it's really <laughs> funny to think about like how difficult things were yeah. for us post this technology boom. <laughs> and so, yeah, just a, what, it feels like just a few years ago. I yeah. Was packing up big, heavy printers because we didn't have camera phones, smartphones and scanners and things like that. And I remember having to go roll out the whole table and pack some paper and all this stuff out in the parking lot at the Walmart. At the Walmart. We're so lucky now, though, you could do it all on an iPad. Exactly. Right? You don't even, you don't need any of that. You don't even need a table anymore. No, probably. Just stand around with your tablet yeah. and let them enter their application right then and there. You can take pictures and upload it right then and there yeah. of documents and IDs and anything else you need. And yeah. all of it is in your database, right? Look how far we've come. Are we old? I'm not claiming. Okay. <laughs> Wiser. That's well, what okay, that's what okay. that's what we're gonna say. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like I said, I didn't have to sit at the table at the um now you got me wanting to say it at the Walmart, but <laughs> we did have to canvas neighborhoods a lot. Mm. And even though nobody from Atlanta says hot Atlanta, I mean it is hot. <laughs> it is hot out there. Yeah. But you're so, right. No one that lives here says exactly. <laughs> but it was very hot. And so we had to, we would always canvas the neighborhood during the summer months because that's when we needed the people come in. Mm-hmm. And so imagine walking around and it's not Arizona hot. So it wasn't 120, but it was still pretty hot and humid in like you know Sweaty. 90 plus degree weather. Mm-hmm. And I will never forget I I think my last year doing it, 
I was probably about six or seven months pregnant and I was just looking for every excuse in the world not to go on that trip. So I remember thinking, you know what? We ask our parents all the time how they heard about us and nobody ever says (laughs) that they came in because they saw one of those flyers. They would always say, oh, I saw your bus. We wrote the phone number down off the side of the bus because we had one of those advertising magnet signs on the side of the bus, right? Yeah. And so I went to my manager and I was like, you know what? The data shows that no one ever uses this flyer. So can we just sit on an air-conditioned bus and ride around in the neighborhood instead of having to pass out flyers in 90-degree weather? Belicia. Yeah. If you had a sign on the bus, Mm -hmm. why do you need to be in the bus? I don't know. Look, <laughs> you just wanted to sit down. <laughs> just wanted to sit okay. down. Okay. I okay. just wanted to avoid the heat. So if I still had to go back out, I, mission accomplished. I avoided the heat. Okay. Maybe if somebody wanted to flag down the bus, I mean, I know that's probably not realistic, but then I'd be there for questions. How about that? Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Uh, but tell me, how did you get that data? Well, because we use one of those agency-specific fields. Lovely. So, yep, we asked that question verbally till we had those capabilities in Child Plus. And then um, when we were able to customize our own fields, we created a How Did You Hear About Us field that we actually yeah. learned about in a Child Plus users group. I remember uh, somebody from Florida, they used to do great things and they would always brag on all the cool stuff they were doing in Child Plus at our uh, Region 4 users group. Okay. And then I would get so excited, go back and, you know, try to implement some of those things there. That's awesome. Well, that's what the user groups are for. Yeah. Right. Is to brag on what the cool things that you're doing at your program with other and share that with other programs. So I love that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was really beneficial for us. And I am happy to say that I no longer canvas neighborhoods. Now, they might have just let me out of it because of all the whining, but yeah, probably <laughs> while I was back. there, I don't think they still do it anymore unless it's absolutely necessary. But yeah. We we have data. So we started making data informed decisions way Love before that. it was the cool word to use. <laughs> and we didn't really know what we were doing. <laughs> well, it sounds like it was beneficial for everyone. It was. So if you are using agency specific fields, then of course you can run report 2195. And I'm sorry, you guys, I am not good at remember the names as well as I am the numbers, but I promise you that is the right report. I think it's really called agency specific fields. I think it is, but I think it might be. Is it participant agency specific? Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I think that is specific to participants. Yeah. Yes. What's the one for staff? I don't I, uh, I'm sorry. I think it's 1130. Okay. But I don't know. You guys can call me on it, but <laughs> I'm not sure. But I bet you can find that in the help center. See, that's the kind of you can. <laughs> thank you. But that's the kind of challenge I want. So I need you guys to comment when you hear this in the in the comment section for wherever you're um, watching and tuning into the podcast, because I'm really trying to get a trivia game going around here at the office. And so I think people are scared of a challenge. Wow, you heard Belicia say that she likes the challenge, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I would love to have a challenge for like report numbers and things like that. That would be fun. I, I think that would be fun too. All right, you guys, I hope that you find some of the information that we have shared today pretty useful and it's something that you're going to incorporate into your planning process for your planning season. Yeah. And if you are, again, let us know. So here, right? I know. Don't be afraid. So if you're joining or watching or tuning into the podcast, <laughs> throw the learning library, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, use the um, feedback session, the comment section from wherever you are to let us know um, if you are in the middle of your planning season and how you 
are planning to improve your next year with Child Plus. We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. Well, everyone, enjoy your holidays. This has been a great first season. Yeah. We're excited to see you in the new year. All right, you guys. So, all right, chat closed. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. Chip Chat!